Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com, which is information I'm trying to work into the top of episodes, but still figuring out how to do so. This week, I'm joined by co-host of Flip, the big Marvel show, Lorraine Sink. Hello, Lorraine. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for coming out here in my... Uh, my office is half sitcoms, but also half Marvel, half X-Men. Oh my god, you have the best apartment that's ever been. I have such, like, FOMO about not having an office whenever I come to your um, home. Because it's so beautiful. The office is, uh... <laughs> you have these, An- is that Chris Anka? That's a Chris art? Anka, that's a, I have a, that's a Kevin Wada swimsuit banshee, a Joe Quinones swimsuit Foggy Nelson, I have a Chris Anka swimsuit Dum Dum Dugan I need to put that's up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I remember when he oh. was drawing that for you. <laughs> so good. You have so much good swimwear. Yeah, that's uh, all in my collection and also on my wall. Yeah. That's my life. <laughs> and also that I draw on tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White on sitcom characters. See, that was all just all... my way of setting that up for you. <laughs> yes. Score one for me. Uh, yeah, so I'm really glad you got to come out here and talk about something that isn't comics for once, right? I know. I'm actually really excited. I get really excited to talk about the. I love comics and I love movies and I love Marvel, but it's really fun to just do something different. Yeah, I like getting... That's what I've learned talking to comic book creators. Like, I always give the advice of talking to someone at a convention and they're at a table... To ask them about things that aren't comics. Because yeah. their eyes will light up. It's like, oh, wait, we like the same band? Or, oh, no, you like that weird show, too? Cool! Oh, everyone, yeah. Everyone else is asking me, like, canon questions about Venom. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to talk to me about 30 Rock. Awesome! <laughs> well, and I think, too, it's like, uh, you got to figure anybody who started in something started because they were a fan. So they're yeah. fans just like you are. Mm-hmm. Um I, I love watching creators talk about meeting other creators and how excited they were about it. It's yeah. super adorable. Uh, I had a podcast idea that I could still release. I did like four episodes of called, I was going to call it Star Meats. Of just interviewing. Please tell me it's about food meats. <laughs> See, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the double entendre because Star Meats is a weird, is a weird turn of phrase. Of a phrase that doesn't exist. Uh, but I was interviewing people about times they met celebrities. Oh, that's awesome. It's because those are always my favorite stories on podcasts when people just talk about I met a celebrity. Because it's usually like, why were you in the same room as a celebrity? Totally. Uh, like, what was your encounter with them? What was the context? Like, what's your fandom? Like, how did they treat you? Like, those are the moments that our brain really captures because they're very, like, energetic and like, oh my god, I'm meeting a celebrity. I would have so many of those because that's literally my job. Yeah, yeah. you like, rock you know, that red carpet. Yeah, I because I do Marvel movie red carpets and because I do Thwip the Big Marvel show, we always have actors and movie actors and TV actors and t- all from all walks of the yeah. Marvel world. <laughs> um, and it's weird. It's weird too, like when someone you don't expect at, to be at a Marvel red carpet mm, yeah. is, for instance, like... I didn't know that, um, oh God, uh, I'm so, Knight Rider, uh, David Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff. Yes. I was thinking I of like his name. I like Rider, not Baywatch. No, oh no, yeah. <laughs> no, 100% Knight Rider for Go me. Knight Rider, Knight Rider. Um, no, I, now, I've seen that commercial so many times for Guardians of the Galaxy where, uh, 
Gamora calls him like Duhast or whatever she calls yeah, him yeah. that I'm like what is his real name anywhere <laughs> um, but I didn't expect him to be on the red carpet and I was like this is so crazy and he's so tall oh anyway. really he's wow. so tall he's like 6'3 or 6'4 and he looks like a flipping god like he yeah. does look like he could be Chris Pratt's dad oh yeah it's yeah, yeah. bizarre if they hadn't gone Kurt Russell they could have gone easily the Hoff I love yeah. all of that oh yeah um, but yeah thank you so much for coming out here to talk about Roseanne uh, because this week on the show, we are going to be traveling, speaking of the 80s, uh, which is Knight Rider, uh, this week we're traveling to April 11th, 1989, Major League ruled the box office, I love this, The Look by Roxette topped the charts, and I've had, he's got the, the look, look. <laughs> stuck in my head all, all evening, and ABC aired the Roseanne episode, Death and Stuff, Lorraine, you must have seen Death and Stuff before, have I, you? I did, just recently. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> also, my birthday's April 7th, so that was my birthday week. Oh. So this feels relevant to yes, me. Yes, very relevant. Did you grow up watching Roseanne at all? I did. It, it's funny to watch it because my mother loved Roseanne mm. so much. Oh, wow. And that whole experience was like hanging out with my family. Because oh, really? I feel like my parents are them. Oh, that's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my family is very sarcastic and very yeah. jokey and, like, loves to get the joke on each other. So I was just like, oh, this is 100% like being at home with my oh, parents. Oh, it's so great because my family... And dysfunctional. Like, yeah. <laughs> that level of dysfunction. My family forbade me from watching Roseanne. <gasps> banned in my household. Uh, Roseanne and The Simpsons were the two shows I could not watch as a kid. Because uh, I come from a very, like, not really even strict, very Southern Baptist family. Right. Uh, and these are shows where, like... The kids aren't respectful of their parents, and the parents will <laughs> sass back to them. But when I finally went back and I watched Roseanne for the first time, uh, like, maybe five years ago. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh, this is so similar to, again, my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And Roseanne is very similar to my mom. So part of me wonders if it was just like, this show was too real. Like, <laughs> hashtag feel, too real. I do feel like it was too real in a lot of ways. Like... That's funny because I had no parameters. I My parents had the rule basically of like, if it won't traumatize you and you won't go wake us it. up in the middle of the night, go for it. Like, <laughs> so they didn't care about my sleep. Like, go for it. Yeah, nudity, swearing, whatever. They were just like, Man. it's fine as long as you can handle it. And if something was really scary or disturbing or going to be too sexy, my parents would be like, just so you know, this is going to be like this. And I'd be like, okay. Cool. I'll walk out if what I don't like it. What is the most like, inappropriate thing you watched as a young person that you're now like, I can't believe I watched that at that time? I watched some B-movie <laughs> that I do not think I was supposed to watch when I was a kid <laughs> called Hots. What, H-O-T-S? <laughs> yeah, H-O-T-S. Okay. Which was like just college co-eds getting naked and like running around. And was I, there a plot or a slasher or a... It was not scary at all. Oh. It, it was a comedy. It was like a sex farce. Okay. But I didn't understand that I didn't get any of the sex stuff anyways. <laughs> and I saw boobs all the time because my mom had some yeah. that yeah. occasionally would make an appearance as a small yeah. child. So none of it like, uh, you know, none of it phased me. You know what the context of like patriarchy and like all that shit was? I didn't understand that yeah, it was male so gaze. Yeah. I was like, okay, th- that girl is changing. And for some reason, the camera's not panning away. Yeah. And they just keep changing and then running. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then running. Yeah, that's yeah. probably... And then they're, like, practicing cheerleading moves. I don't know. Why? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah that I... was really inappropriate, probably. Wow. Yeah, I never... Yeah, I didn't get to do anything. I watched uh, when The Simpsons released that Bartman music video or whatever. <gasps> do the Bartman. Or something. Mm-hmm. And there was a line that was like, Lisa's always playing that damn saxophone or something. I don't know. I remember I said that. That's like the first time I ever said a curse word, probably. <gasps> oh my gosh. And my, I think my sister was watching me and I got in trouble because she, my sister would tell me all the time. She did. <laughs> She's 12 years older than me. So I guess she, I don't know, uh, didn't want to like give me a pass or... Yeah. Weird. Weird stuff. Uh, so I did not grow up with this, and that's really a shame, because I think it would have uh, been good. Been good to grow up with some Roseanne, see see a really real family, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, it's so funny, because I feel like, I, I mean, I was pretty little when the show was on, and I grew up with it, you know, because it was on for quite a while, but I just feel like things are so different. Like, how... How much are the kids, like, less sexualized than kids are in today's society? Like, not to sound like a total old person, but I was like, oh, yes, I remember this being very general. Yeah. But the girls come off as, like, 
what we would call now so tomboyish, but it's yeah, like no. not. And Becky as a character is the she's the like popular girly pretty one, and she's and this she's just wearing like a sweatshirt, I think. Yeah, like, she's wearing like a flannel shirt the whole time, yeah, like, tucked in, like very not sexualized, very n- not wearing a ton of makeup or anything, just yeah. very like a kid. They all seem like real kids. And now you look at I, Modern Family is what I always go to to compare like well what a Modern Family sitcom is, and you look yeah. at the like daughters on that show like. Alex, I think, is the nerdy one, mm-hmm. the daughter of Claire and Phil. But she still is, like, you can tell, like, wearing a lot of makeup, wearing, like, nice clothes. Like, she looks... She looks like a sexy version of non-sexy. Totally. Like, she's she's a Daphne. Like, yeah. she's she's hot in her, her like, sort of, I, I wear glasses, and when I take them off, I'm gorgeous yeah. <laughs> way. And I mean, yeah. and I don't think, I don't think that's anything against, you know, that show or, or against those girls. I just think fashion was so not gendered in the same yeah, way yeah. of that era. I mean, too, it's like, what, late 80s, early 90s, this is, yeah. like, this is we're coming out Tiffany of... Tiffany Mallrat era stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, we're coming out of the days of androgyny. Yeah. But <laughs> I like, I just liked how, you know, like, not gendered it felt. I was like, oh, yeah, that's how I felt being a kid. Yeah, they're just like, like kids. They're just totally kids. Uh, so let's really get deep oh, into yeah. it. Let's so this it. week... Uh, must have seen TV. We are talking about the Roseanne episode, Death and Stuff. It is the 21st episode of season one. It was written by Bill Pentland and directed by John Segelia. Here's how Amazon describes the episode. Roseanne's hospitality bites her in the behind. When a door-to-door salesman she lets in the house dies in their kitchen, and the family must contend with the corpse all day until the coroner can arrive. Lorraine, how accurately does that describe the plot? Perfectly. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty concise. I like Amazon really nailing that plot uh, description. <laughs> it's not one. The one I always go back to is Hulu has an episode description that was for the Golden Girls going on Grab That Dough, the game show. And the description is, Sophia gets tickets for the ladies. Nope. And it's like, that tells you nothing about that episode. Too, too short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one is like, you know, it's like one sentence, still right on the money. Uh, so like, starting off, let's get into one of my pet peeves Ooh. one of my major pet peeves that you're lucky i didn't stop it and then find another way to watch it because this was in widescreen cropped aspect ratio oh i didn't even yeah. notice this is i have i am a crazy person with my brain about aspect ratios so was, so they had pulled it wide no because it, it, it was or, all still they had, had they just chopped the top and bottom of the screen yeah. off yeah, yeah yeah um instead of having the black bars on the side which mm-hmm. is which is fine. Like, we as... Like, get so... Uh, I'm making so many fidgety faces. For the first, like, 30 years of television, when all TVs were square, like, 4 by 3 aspect ratio, we right. watched movies, and there was a black bar at the top and bottom, and we would be like, that's weird, but then we'd get used to it, we'd get over it, we would deal. But now, we have 16 by 9 TVs, and for some reason we don't operate under that, just put black bars on the side, everything will be fine. There are things like like what Amazon has apparently done to Roseanne now that it's streaming on there where they crop it. They chop off the top and the bottom so you're seeing less. I wonder if that's a... Is that a setting? Well, I just know on my TV you can, yes. you can choose a mm-hmm. lot of times for those things where you're like, no, don't mess with my format. Just like let it be black yeah. art or whatever. Every time you go to a hotel and turn on the TV, it is always on the a- absolute worst setting I've discovered in all my... Like every time I travel... I don't know why. And then you have to, like, track it down because it's always in, like, stretch zoom. So everything yeah. is, like, stretched out all across and also, like, an SD. And it's like, guys, this is... We stayed at um, the, ha- the the hotel from Home Alone 2. Oh, like, my God. That was just on TV. I yeah. was... When Wait, I was just in on Seattle. TV right now? No, it was on... Se- it was on in Seattle. I watched it when I was waiting to go to the airport. I was just... Kicking it in my hotel room, waiting to fly it home. Is August. They're yep, I was like, that. that's a Christmas show. <laughs> this is uh, not accurate. But we like stayed in that hotel. Like my friends all rallied together and got me and my husband to like a night, a nice night for Christmas last mm-hmm. year. And I go, ooh, like swanky hotel. Like you can hear the TV in the bathroom because they have speakers that go into the bathroom. Love like that it. kind of. You turn on the TV, still shitty four by three stretched <laughs> out SD. I was like, this is what is happening. So that's what I noticed on this, and I was going to freak out. And then, to jump ahead a little bit, when they walk in and see the corpse has fallen on the floor, we only saw the chair. We did not see his body. And part of me oh, wonders, yeah. would we have seen it if it was the original version, is what I was wondering. 
but I don't know. We'll never know. Well, we will never know. Unless we get a different get a formatted thing. Ugh. So yeah, that's my weird, that's my weird, uh, stupid thing I have is I'm very particular about aspect ratios. I'm like, you gotta show it, you gotta watch it in the format it was originally aired in, but whatever. Um, well, that's valid because you missed like a, at least a quarter of the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in a lot of ways we are, so know that we are reviewing this. We're talking about this from a, a, a lower, we're at a disadvantage. <laughs> we haven't seen all of it technically. Um, but then we saw the opening credits. So like. Roseanne theme song, the Roseanne opening credits. For me, it's Pavlovian experience. Yeah. I'm like, like, oh my god, I'm a child. I'm a child right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, like, it took you back immediately. That saxophone. Yeah. Oh, so Well, good. I can remember, because the opening credits are Roseanne and Dan and all them, uh, like, hanging out around a table. And I think some mm-hmm. seasons they're playing poker, other seasons they're, like, serving, mm-hmm. like, a meal or whatever. Yeah. And it really captures that feeling of being from my point of view, of, like, being a little kid and seeing your parents and their friends around a table, and you're oh, like, yeah pestering them and like jumping around oh absolutely absolutely i'm like oh i was dj (laughs) (laughs) yeah which of the three kids do you most relate to um were you a becky a darlene or a dj i was more i was the darlene for sure growing up i was real mouthy and wanted to get into everything (laughs) and i had a lot of feelings about everything but I probably was more of a DJ because I was so little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was definitely the DJ because I was the baby uh, and just kind of clueless about a lot of things. Obviously, because my parents would let me watch the things that would teach me life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the episode opens up and we find out that Roseanne and Dan are selling their washer dryer. They're, like, looking for uh, the listing and the want ad. Uh, and we get a lot of Roseanne-Dan chemistry up top. I know. It's so... I. I just love seeing them. It, I, it's funny because I was watching it and I'm like, you know, there is a lot of joke writing mm-hmm. and stuff, but it doesn't feel like set up, knock down, set up, knock down, no. and laugh. It's very much just like two people that have such a charming, loving relationship that yeah. is realistic. Just kicking it. Yeah. And I like, cause the, the whole thing of the episode is it's Sunday and like on Sundays in the Connor household are like lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids want to get out. They're going to go, they're going down to the Greek market. <laughs> Yeah, the the good old Greek market. Yeah. Every town has one, yeah, I guess. That mid, the good old Midwest Greek market. Uh, because there's apparently like Greek week at school and Darlene for her project is going to make baklava. And so uh, Jackie is taking the kids out uh, to go buy some baklava, some ingredients to make it. And, and my favorite conceit for like the whole episode is that Roseanne's like, Kids are gone. Let's do it. Yeah, that's. that's just, I love their relationship. <laughs> it's because as soon as those kids are gone, like Roseanne, like just looks at them and they're just like, "Let's go to town." Uh, DJ comes down because he's wearing a wolf mask, and Roseanne's like, "Before you." Yeah, well, you're not going no place looking like that. Go upstairs and comb your face. <laughs> uh, I, I love that line. But then as soon as they leave, Dan like puts on the wolf mask, and then they make out. They're just making out. Yeah, and she's like rubbing his his head as if he's a dog yeah and she's really getting to town like in his mouth a little mask she's area. like she's like opening up the like snout <laughs> and like tongue in it it's really uh it's really great <laughs> and then he decides he has to instead fix the refrigerator yeah. or first first he has to fix the refrigerator Before they can get to the the fucking they gotta <laughs> she's gotta fix that refrigerator which she notes i've got a whole hey how long's this uh manly job gonna take uh, one hour, two max. Why? Because I got a paycheck's worth of beef in that freezer. Which I just like the line, a whole paycheck's worth of beef. It's also so, that feels so antiquated. Yeah. Where you, you're you just like, and maybe, you know, maybe this is just me living in the New York bubble. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't imagine spending a paycheck on meat. I'm also a vegetarian, so that's yeah, part of it. So, but... A paycheck of tofu or <laughs> cucumbers? Or just, yeah, just just be like, yeah, I you know, you, that's what you do. You go buy a rib oh, roast yeah. or whatever. So I, I don't know how much... I, that's another thing of, like, my entire adult life has been in New York, where you don't buy groceries the same way you do everywhere no. else. Like, you would not... Unless you could eat that entire paycheck's worth of beef in a meal, like, that night or the next night, you're not no. buying it in New York. No. Uh, unless you're a family, which neither of us have children. And also, why would you carry that home when you don't have a car? If you have a car, it makes sense. We don't live in a Costco world. (laughs) No, yeah. And there is is a Costco right next to me, but we can't do anything because (laughs) Costco doesn't give you bags. Like, that's their whole thing. You have to take all your bags and stuff. So unless you have a car, it's useless. So that's a uh, aspect of this episode that we just fundamentally... We don't have. (laughs) Don't understand. 
so yeah, so Dan's going to clean up, uh, repair the refrigerator. There's a ring at the doorbell, a uh, ring at the door, Roseanne answers, and it's a grease blitz salesman. <laughs> there to sell her some grease blitz. Oh, the, the shortest cameo. Yeah. Where he's just, he's like, oh, let me give you the whole spiel, and then he immediately looks terrible. He's like, One demonstration will convince you that you cannot live without this supreme product. Could I trouble you for a glass of water? I've been on my feet all day. A glass of water? Yeah, it's like line three. It's like, Reese Blitz will do this, this, and this. Oof! Can I have some water? It's kind of like in any TV, any media thing, if someone coughs, that means they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that kind of You're thing. You're like, Beth, no, let's take you to the seashore and wait for you to die. Yeah. Little women, anyone? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Like, I wish, we need to start normalizing, like, coughing and sneezing in media. Because, hey, we do that in real life and it doesn't always mean we're going to die. But if someone coughs or sneezes on TV, get ready for that funeral episode. I think it's... You have to just look at it as we, it's like the theater origin. It's like if Chekhov or there's yeah. a head of gobbler gun or whatever, like yeah. somebody's going to get shot. Yeah. So this guy has the uh, Chekhov's ask for a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> so Razan like goes, uh, gives him a glass of water. Um, then I noted that we have a, a page turn transition. I'm noticing all this weird stuff. Like Roseanne goes outside, like, he she invites the salesman in and then there's like a weird like star wars style like page turn wipe oh man also side note i noticed that their font is like Bauhaus or whatever yes, it's oh, called yes, Bauhaus. Or Bauhaus. yeah 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 whatever it's called uh and i was like what yeah <laughs> I, like, I know that because that was um that oh was the God. oasis font when they changed their logo in the year 2000 oasis nerd <laughs> <laughs> uh so like there's this so like there's a weird transition i'm like i don't that's a weird I don't ever remember seeing sitcoms doing like weird page turn transitions or just wipes in general. Right. So that's let's weird. get it. Let's do the full Looney Tunes wipe to a circle. Yeah, oh, like a star wipe. Ugh, I was a TV production major in college, and we would always joke about the star wipe. Love a star because wipe. Those are all buttons on the giant like Grass Valley like switcher that you would mm -hmm. use to cut up cameras. You just push a button and have a heart come out of somewhere. Oh yeah. And our teacher would always be like, "Don't, don't touch ever. those buttons. Don't. They, we are a new. We are learning how to do news right now, so don't ever do that." <laughs> uh, so like they're talking and dan is very angry because it's like why did you let him in here i don't you know we don't have the money to like buy anything like, oh, like he's already put out yeah and they're starting they're starting to pick at each other which i also kind of just love because it's like two seconds ago they're like let's hook up like wolf man go to town and then it's like <laughs> that old marriage thing of like immediately like oh calm down i'm fine yeah <laughs> back off Clean the fridge, get the fridge ready. Uh, so they go back in and he is slumped over because he dead. He is super dead. And I love that they have this whole following kind of like little subplot, which is Dan is so scared of dead bodies. Yeah. He's a super wuss about it. Mm -hmm. He makes Roseanne feel full filled from the pulse. Which has a great line where Roseanne like, he's like, check again. Check it again. <laughs> I know how to count to zero. <laughs> Which I thought was a really good one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is so afraid of death. Uh, she like asks for him to like find his wallet. And so he gets out salad tongs. Yeah. <laughs> to start poking through his like clothes to find it. They don't ever find it. You know what this, You know what the whole show is so good at doing writing wise too? It's just classic misdirect jokes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it's, it's just like when DJ comes down and he's wearing the wolf mask in the very beginning. And she's like... There's no way you're going outside like that. Go comb your face. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, he's she's going to say, take off the mask. It's like just yeah. all the jokes like that. And he like pulls out the tongs and he's like, what do you think of like, what are you doing? I'm going to make a salad. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so great. Like he doesn't immediately say like, I'm not going to touch the dead man's body. Like he makes a weird misdirect joke of like, I'm going to make a salad. Yeah. Which is really great. Would you touch... The dead body in the kitchen. Would I touch it? Yeah, like if this has happened. Oh, hell no. Yeah, okay, so Heck you're a Dan. You're a Dan in this situation. No, yeah, yeah, I would not be in that house. I would be like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. So he's un under the mat, coroner. Come on. Yeah, I'd, I'd be sitting out, like, closest I'd be is like a, I would sit in a ch lawn chair out front, yeah. <laughs> just waiting. Yeah, I would not touch. I'm also a Dan. I don't think I would touch that dead body. I, I mean, I would feel for a pulse, and then that would be it. Yeah, because it, it's like Schrodinger's pulse at that point. It's just like, could, <laughs> could have a pulse, could not. 
beforehand he could still be alive. He's not alive or dead until I take the pulse. I'm so worried, though. I felt, I was like, y'all need to call. Like, you need to get on the 911 a lot faster. I know this is a sitcom, but I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah, they called 911, and did 911 put her on hold? Yeah. What is that? But she agreed to hold. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'll hold. She's like, we've got time. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, like, if if there's a comparison of, like, hostage situation, building burning down, it's like, well, I mean, her dead person's still gonna be dead. I can hold, I guess. I don't know how 911 works. Do they put people on hold? I don't... I've only called 911 in my sleep, which is a true fact. (laughs) You're a sleep dialer? Um, When I was in high school, I had a phone in my room, and I had a dream that someone was getting attacked, and I needed to call 911. And I, indeed, in my sleep, called 911, and then hung hung up, or it just sat there, whatever, and police came to my house and insisted to my parents that they had to see me and i was like asleep i was dead asleep i was (laughs) like what's up cops this sounds like a roseanne plot (laughs) like i could see like that's a good like becky plot or something (laughs) pitch it yeah uh let's travel back in time get a staff writing job on roseanne uh but what's really great is what they set up at the very beginning of the episode is they're selling the washer dryer right and then after they like call uh, and are waiting for the cop in the corner to come and all that they realize like people are going to be coming to look at this washer dryer which they have to walk through the kitchen to get to and right. there's a corpse in there which is such a good setup yeah that they both have like little duties like dan has to work on the fridge in there yeah there are going to be people coming through and of course it's all set off beautifully by uh the sheet that they choose to put over him being dj's like little cartoon character sheet (laughs) and and uh and uh darlene also has to make baklava in there too yeah that's right everyone has a plot line in the kitchen (laughs) it's a really smart thing where like they they gave everyone uh kitchen business Mm -hmm. to do uh so the cop shows up and he's basically like uh yeah he's dead (laughs) immediately (laughs) which is like oh duh yeah uh and he's like the coroner uh is golfing yeah and he just started and you don't want to get in between this corner and golf oh and my favorite too where he just says uh yeah you know what i can't pronounce him dead though because that's eight to ten hours of uh paperwork yeah (laughs) for me to do so we gotta wait for the coroner which i mean he ends up staying at roseanne's place for A minimum, minimum three hours, probably more. Probably like five or six. I mean, he should have just done the paperwork. Yeah. But he has to hang out, so. Win-win. It's good because he's a Greek cop and can help Darlene make uh, baklava. (laughs) And why wouldn't you? That was such a great little twist. Uh, There's a really great line, too, when Roseanne says, like, Dan is trying to pass blame off on her. And they're both Mm -hmm. kind of like... Doing, like, light bickering on whose fault it is that this guy died in their kitchen. And Roseanne, like, wins the argument by saying... Well, don't look at me. If we would have had sex like I wanted to, none of this would ever happen. Which would have been true, because if they were having sex, would she have gotten up to answer the door? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess definitely not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, poor Dan. He could have, uh, you know, been in H.J. Central, but no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the scenes we never saw. And probably for the best. That's probably what was going on below the frame that was cropped out of our version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, it's but. the dead body uh, and a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> uh, so Dan starts fixing the, gets back to fixing the refrigerator because we're all just like hanging out. Uh, and then we get this great montage of the dead uh, person, the dead hand falling oh yeah there's like a whole lotsy with the dead body is set up dan is like okay i'm gonna work on this fridge and then everything he does it's like hand first hand touches his arm yeah then he turns around tries to do the other way hand pats him on the butt yeah and then of course he freaks out body falls down and then he has to pick up body and then body doesn't lay back down body stays up and then it falls down and it's really just it's like something out of comedia yeah, it's a really good heightening. It's really good physical comedy on John Goodman's part. I mean, John Goodman is so good in this show. Oh, he's so good. He, I mean, he auditioned for SNL, did not get it, got this, which is like, mm-hmm. thank God. Like, TV yeah. would be totally different if he didn't have Dan. Uh, and that's just Dad. Like, he's such a great dad character, too. Oh, yeah. He's such an interesting, uh, like, in-between 
there is the archetypal, like, slouchy, slovenly, yeah. like, schlubby dad, mm-hmm. which, like, Dan physically is, but, mm-hmm. like, mentally and in attitude, he is not at all. I like, too, that he's not, like, the all-in-the-family mean old dad no, either. yeah. He's, like, he's, and he's not, like, king of queens, like, oh, I'm a, a dumb-dumb dad. You're a dumb-dumb dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dumb husband. But he's, he's, like, a good mix of just, like, he's capable, but he messes up. Yeah. And he... Is trying to be like, I'm the dude in this situation, but it is still like has moments of being callow. <laughs> yeah, he's so great. And that's why like their relationship works so well. And I know like this was Roseanne's like first of her like acting gig. And I think it's so great that she was partnered with John Goodman. Because like you see her grow as an actress over the course of the show. Hot take. Oh yeah. Is she the Amy Schumer of her time? Oh, maybe. Because think about it, like, Amy Schumer has gotten so much crap for being, like, a pretty, like, yeah. I'm a feminist, I talk about sex, I'm really mm-hmm. open, and, like, Roseanne got so much crap for being, like, I'm an adult woman, and, like, I don't take bullcrap, and I run I this show, say, I'll yeah. fire who I want to fire, this is my show. <laughs> I I kind of feel like she she was the, the early Shooms. Yeah, and she's uh, gone total 180. <laughs> Don't follow Roseanne on social media. Oh, is she bonkers now? Uh, yeah, she's definitely bonkers. Um, uh, yeah, it's really sad. My my, fr- my really good friend Melanie Hamlet has written two really awesome uh, Roseanne essays for my for Decider, the site I work for. She wrote one about um, Roseanne's abortion episode. Oh. Uh, which is like, it was revolutionary because it let the dad have a say in a good way. Yeah. Where it's like, it shows how... Like, it, like, brought Dan into the conversation. Like, that could be a family talk. Yeah, like, it was a family talk, and his whole thing was all, like, I don't want to... Basically, it was, like, a whole misunderstanding about, like, I didn't want to build this crib for him, not because I want you to have the baby or not have the baby. It's, like, I don't want to build the crib and, like, you get the abortion and then come home to see this crib here. And then also, I can't build it because it'll hurt me too much. It was, like, oh, Dan's, like, sensitive. And it was such, like, that's such a cool episode. Uh, and then she just wrote one about how toxic masculinity manifested in Darlene, who was like a tomboy, mm-hmm. and as soon as, and like relish the tomboyness, but as yeah. soon as she goes through puberty, which happens on the show because it's right. on forever and she's like 11 when it starts, you get to watch like her relationship with her father changes because all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm now the father of like a young lady, and he like, and she gets really sad about her the change of her relationship with her dad. Yeah. And ever and it's and shows she starts hating femininity and like hating like mm-hmm. really rebelling against it. And it's like, oh, that's to- that's how toxic masculinity treats tomboys who now like the right. world is turning on them. Well, and also, gosh, I mean, too, it's so it's so interesting because it's like because she's such a genderless kid. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you're just a kid. And it's like, as soon as you go through puberty, you're not allowed that anymore. Yeah, you're like, like no, well, you're... now you're a woman. So yeah. now you got to do woman stuff. Yeah. And it's, and it does, it changes relationships. And it's so interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so and great. Roseanne read that one about toxic masculinity. And then, well, she didn't read it. She read the headline. Uh, I think anyway, short, long story short, she blocked Melanie on Twitter and also my, uh, boss who shared the article. So weird. Uh, she didn't really understand. She basically, yeah, it was a weird thing. You never know. Uh, I think everybody has, uh, I hope not. (laughs) That's what I'll say. You never know if somebody blocks somebody because they're just like, not today or whatever. But I hope, Uh, hopefully she's okay. She was weirdly like supportive of Trump, but in a weird like roundabout way that there's a lot going on. I don't know. We'll leave it at Roseanne. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really awesome, progressive, stridently progressive show, 80s and 90s. Oh, so good. Can't tear it down. Nowadays, who knows? Uh, but well, and you know what? People change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we also the kids come home from their Greek their Greek adventure, and we get with to Laura Metcalf with Laura Metcalf who's so oh my great. god. Can we also talk about this for just a second? Yes. I'm looking at um, yes. Roseanne and Jackie. They're talking, and I'm like, here are two women who are untouched by fillers. Uh huh. And like they just look like normal, yeah, like, women. Yeah. Their hair, like, everyone's hair is bad. <laughs> like, well, everyone, and everyone's hair, hair advances is... are so different now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, nobody was using a hair dryer. And yeah. nobody knew what a blowout was. So yeah. everybody's just, they got frizz There's and like, it is what it is. Frizzy curls all over the place. Uh, they're such great 
characters and their relationship is so good. I really wish that we'd had a lot more Jackie in this episode. You know, I it's funny because when I was a kid, I always felt bad for Jackie because I felt like she was such a punching bag. I was like, why is Dan so mean to yeah, her? Yeah, like in this episode, he hands her the Kathy comic. He's like, maybe you'll have advice to get a man. And then she's like, maybe you need it or something. Yeah, and then I was kind of like, oh, Jackie holds her own. I think I was just uh-huh. too little to get it. I was just like, yeah. why are they trying to punch at Jackie all the time? And now I'm like, oh, Jackie punches back. It's yeah. just... Like, her and Dan, like, kind of, you know... It's weird. Like, I had this weird response when I watched Roseanne for the first time. I was like, when I would see it every now and then as a kid, I would, you know, you relate to the kids, of course. Of that's course, like, yeah. The show is, like, a good, I don't know, like, 40-60 split. Like, 40% kids, 60% mm-hmm. adults. Like, so you can really relate to the kids and get a lot out of the episodes. But watching it as an adult, I'm like, no, I, like, see more, like, Jackie, Roseanne, and Dan, who are, you know, our age... Yeah. That's the crazy oh, thing to think no, about now. Stop. Is like they're like in their early thirties, mid oh, early man. to mid thirties, and this is like so different. Uh but like through the context of when you were growing up and you were told like, well, women have to get married and they have to, you know, have a oh, man. Oh yeah, and stuff. she she's a spinster. Yeah, and so but now when you watch you're like, no, like No Jackie's great. Jackie's so lit. Yeah. Like Jackie's living her life. Jackie is Best like life. Tr- she's a truck driver and stuff. Like she goes to become a oh, that's cop. Right. Like, that's right. She does she gets her. I love it. Uh, so the kids all have different responses to the dead body. Yes. Becky's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Becky is a sensitive teenager. Yeah. She's like, got to deal with her stuff. Yeah. You know, she's got a lot of feelings. Darlene and DJ want to get in there. <laughs> they want to see the body. Darlene actually sneaks in. She's the one that causes the body to fall in the first place. That's right. Because they hear like a big thud when the cop's there and they run in and she's like, oops. I just wanted to lift up the sheet and take a peek. Yeah. Like in some really great slash bad kid acting moment where she's like staring off into the distance like, yeah. what? What a, This is a weird gig to be. I can't imagine what being a child actor is like. There like, are such good kid actors yeah, though. They, yeah. I really do like that. They're kid actors that just play kids. It's yeah. not like kids when they're forced to kind of be like, and now you have an adult storyline even though you're a child. It's yeah. like, no, they're just doing what kids do. Like you said, like bugging the parents. Yeah. And like messing around and having their own opinions and thinking they're little autonomous adults. Yeah. While still having kid logic. That's why it's so, like, that's why the show is so good and why, like, I wish my parents had like, I don't understand why parents, because the same, my husband's dad was the same way of like, if a show had kids smarting off to adults, it's like, can't watch that. Which is like, that's how life is. Yeah. It's such a weird, it's not like you're going to teach, like, kids are going to smart off to their parents kind of like no matter what. <laughs> like, See, you just need to have really old parents. Because that's what I had. <laughs> My parents were like in their 40s when they had me. So yeah. they were just over it. They were like, like whatever. whatever. You're going to come out however you come out. Like, <laughs> we're I too tired. We're too like, tired to police your TV. Uh, there was a really good <laughs> line where like what, Roseanne asks Jackie if Becky's I think I got Becky feeling better. How'd you manage that? A quart of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I love the deadpan delivery. It's so so good. Yeah. Uh, so some people do come by to look at the washer dryer. Yes. And we get another like set piece of them having to be like, oh, that's our uncle. He's sick. Can we just talk about this? How much did the lady who was the masseuse look like she could be Lee Pace's mom? Like oh, a lot to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. A lot to me. I can't it's like, she... imagine Lee Pace with, like, big red hair. Yeah. <laughs> and that's more like, or less very similar, like, eyes. I could, de- I definitely saw that. She looked a lot like, um, uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey from Reno 911. Yeah, I could I see that. I saw that, that I too. See that. She's on the Goldbergs. She basically, like, she looked it's like... It's the hair. Should, yeah, it was for a, sure. some nice hair. <laughs> so, his, like, watch alarm starts going off. Oh. It's time! It's time! It's time. It is time! Time for what? Time? Huh? It's time for his medicine. It's medicine time. It's medicine. Uh, next spasms, and then of course it turns out that Wendy McClendon Pace <laughs> is a masseuse. Oh heck yeah! And she gets in there and digs in with her elbow. Of course, rigor mortis is setting in, so he's very stiff. Yeah. Oh. I do boy. wonder how, because the we get another page turn transition, so we don't, we don't see how the interaction ended. So I'm wondering like. How did that massage go? Did they have to be like, oh, he's a deep sleeper? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. All, all I know is that I don't know why, but I have, like, full body reaction when I'm uncomfortable and I'm watching TV. Like, I was watching Game of Thrones <laughs> last night, oh. which was intense. And so the whole end of that episode, I was walking back and forth in my living room. <laughs> and my gentleman friend was just like, what are you 
doing? I'm like, this is how I handle stress. And as soon as she's like, I'm going to rub this guy. I just wrapped my hand around my head. I was like, no, make it stop. Because you're touching a corpse and there's no solving this. There's no amount of massaging that's going to bring him back to life. No. Unless you're like, have like the Iron Fist or something. I don't know. Mm. That's a plot point from Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. It also works as a defibrillator. You never Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, So the corner guy finally shows up. Wearing his choice 80s golf clothes. Oh my god. Which, How well styled was he? This is the second episode of Must Have Seen TV where I can talk about 80s golf fashion because last <laughs> week's Full House episode had some Uncle Jesse golf fashion. What the hell is up with golf fashion? I It lives in its own yeah. time. It's in its own time. It's like, um, it's like people who like steampunk. It always remains Victorian. Yeah. Yep. Golf fashion just always, always is like la- like 1978, I think. Yeah, it's just Somewhere like between 78 and 85. A lot of pinks, a lot of vests, a lot of like weird pleated pants. And a lot of 80s villain fashion, like yes. polos, mm-hmm. powder colors. Which is so, because now like golf people nowadays don't dress like that. But if you're going to do a golf joke in a sitcom nowadays, you would probably still put them in oh, you know, yeah. a pink sweater and like a hat with a little like pom-pom on the top. Next hot take. Hot take number two. Yeah, go for two. it, go for it. Is this just how we're making fun of the Scottish for creating <laughs> golf? Like, everybody wears that dopey, uh, that dopey like, ass hat. that news is that where I, oh. hat. That is, it's like the Tam shanter thing. Oh, wow. I never really... Because it's a Scottish Scottish sport. invented golf. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Did, are they the have Scots... all those rolling green hills, I guess. Mm, so what's up with the pastel stuff? Like, is that a play on it? There's a lot of... Mm. Golf has a lot of plaid. When that is making, definitely a Scottish When thing. you're making fun of the golf people, you maybe also wear plaid stuff. So also, yeah. It's a mixture between just the 70s and the Scottish. Yeah, just perfectly together. a really tacky baby that persists in <laughs> golf jokes throughout all pop culture forever. <laughs> uh, and so they start wheeling the body out. And as they're wheeling him out on a gurney, oh, uh, Becky wants to name him in like the mm-hmm. most like serious moment of... The, in an episode where a corpse and death is a main part of the entire thing, the most serious moment comes at the end when Becky is like, he can't just leave. A guy shouldn't have to live his whole life just to be buried as John Doe. Yeah, they're just like, I guess they never find his wallet. The, they're just like, I guess, I guess we'll put him down as John Doe. Yeah, it is. It's very strangely solemn, but it's also so high school maudlin. Yeah, it's so like, like I wrote a poem upstairs and I just had to call him <laughs> James Doe. I need to, John Doe, I need to know. Uh, so Roseanne wants to, uh, it says Charlie. Yeah, she goes to Charlie. Not a Charlie. Not a Charlie. And oh, what was the next one? Was it George? Yes, George, I think. Not a George. She's like, William. It's, it's a much more emo name. Yeah. It's such a like, it's like respectful state of William. His name is William. I'm really, I was really glad that when he was being wheeled out, Roseanne like leans over. This might be another misdirect joke. She leans over to say like. To basically say goodbye, and I was expecting her to say, like, goodbye, William, since they had literally just named him five seconds before. But instead she says, I don't know where you're going, mister, but you bump into Janis Joplin, tell her I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) In a really serious tone of voice, which is another good misdirect joke. Oh, you know what's another great, like, little scenelet that happens in there? Is when Jackie and Roseanne... Uh, when Jackie first finds out about the body, and she's like, he's in a better place. He's the happiest man on the planet. How do you figure that? His troubles are over. He'll never again have to stand in a line. He'll never again have to listen to the Muzak version of Muskrat Love. <laughs> never again have to eat a hamburger and bite into one of those little hard things. <laughs> How do you feel about electric shock therapy? <laughs> It was such specific, like, yeah. just the grossities of life. And like, then Roseanne's like, how do you feel about electroshock therapy? Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but it is, like, this beautiful, like, a little bit dark moment where you're like, Jackie's got some life philosophy. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> she has her stuff together. She is, like, the definition of what an aunt should be. Right? Like, she shows up. She actually does stuff with yeah, you. Yeah, she like, oh, you guys want to get out of this boring house? We'll go to the Greek. I, I, I found a Greek week. Like, I found like a Greek festival. Let's go. 
So she takes them there. She has, like, cool advice. Like, she's got a place they come crash at if they need her. Yeah, when the kids are freaking out because there's a dead body in the house, she's the one who's like, come on, kids, let's go upstairs and yeah. I'll keep you preoccupied where, while your parents deal with this dead body. <laughs> this dead body. Uh, I would never be the same. I would be like, I'm forever haunted. <laughs> <laughs> this this man is definitely going to come eat me as a zombie in the night. Yeah. For was- sure. Because Roseanne is a show that's pretty grounded until the end where it gets like they win the lottery and like crazy stuff happens towards the end of Roseanne. Um, but those are the shark jumping ears. Yeah. Is this too heightened for a season one? I mean, I like, was surprised when you, when you were like, oh, this episode's from season one. I was like, yeah. really? You like went to we're dead body dead in the body? kitchen. <laughs> episode, well, 21, so 20 episodes. And then, I mean, on some hand, on one level, it's like, I don't know how many families have had to deal with a corpse in their house. Mm-hmm. So not realistic. But the way they all react to it is so, like, they're also equally like, what the fuck? So oh, yeah. it doesn't, it kind of sells it that way. Yeah, it, it's not, like, there. Are, there's, like, the funny Lotsies and stuff, but it's not so much like, whoa, dead body. Whoa, this happens all the time, whoa. It's so funny with that show, too, because the kids are such little kids in yeah. the first, you know, yeah. couple of seasons, that as it, the show goes on, you're like, the they become full, full characters yeah. on the show, where it's like, when Darlene starts, like, wanting to live with her boyfriend, and you're like, mm. what? Yeah. Because right now, DJ is just... He's a baby. He's like, he's, he doesn't do anything. So wear a wolf mask in this episode, basically. Well, yeah, because he was, like, five years old. Yeah. They were like, walk to that spot on the carpet. Yeah, put so that, that mask on. There, put that on. Leave. Say this one line. We'll give you as many texts as you need. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so as they're wheeling the body out, uh, the couple comes in with their, like, uh, dolly to get the washer-dryer. And Roseanne has a great joke of like, oh, yeah, use that massage trick you told you taught me on him. <laughs> like really passing that blame onto this stranger <laughs> who's going to buy their busted ass washing washer dryer. Uh, uh. And that's it. Well, no, the we get the, the ending of it is DJ uh, has made all of them gifts. Yeah. Which are toe tags. Yeah, they're like, they're, what's the opposite of a cold open? A a hot hot close. close. (laughs) They're hot clothes. (laughs) During the credits. Stinger, I think. Yeah, Yeah, the stinger, there we go. Um, Yeah, such a a fun episode. God, I miss... I miss this show. I didn't even know. And plus, they everybody's wearing acid wash jeans. Yeah. Which I remember being super tiny and being like, Dad, you have to buy these, like, acid wash jeans. I always, when I talk about the way we do uh, set decoration in modern sitcoms, Roseanne is always what I say, like, nowadays when when sitcoms, when multi-camp sitcoms specifically, when when new multi-camp sitcoms come out, their sets are always pristine. Yeah. They're always lit to fuck, like, bright as hell. Yeah, it's like an Apple store. Yeah. All the shelves are straight, or there isn't any clutter, all the furniture is new, or it's, like, quirky, but it's, like, new quirky. But you look at Roseanne, and their it's house... It's a messy house. It's a messy house. It's an ugly house. I know it's, like, on the stairs in the living room, uh, there's just, like, piles of... I don't know if it's, like, laundry or like extra pillows, or just, like... Yeah, like, toys or whatever. Yeah. But I love, I and love that's it. That's it's, the way it should be. And I keep saying like multicam, I get on my high horse about multicam. It's a valid art form. It should make a comeback. You just have to do it like this where you take yeah. care to do the sets like real and earned and like live lived in and feel warm. Well, and it, I feel like they shoot it in such a nice way. Like even the very first opening shot is literally a close-up on comics in the newspaper oh, and then yeah. it pulls out yeah. and it makes really cool. you it makes you feel like you're a character in it whereas i and I, that's the problem with most multicams make you feel like you're a person in an audience yep. watching a live taping yeah but this is shot in a way that makes you feel like you are the sixth family member yeah or whatever. You're, you're in there yeah the editing the directing in this is very deep in the show like i can't really think of many you get some wide shots in the kitchen, but a lot of it is like kind of yeah. You kind of it's kind of shot from like that the fly on the wall perspective yeah. where you're kind of like oh it's like if you were just hanging out with these people in their house. Yeah, they also have I don't know this is I'm flying blind here. Uh, so this main set is like the living room, and then pan over to like well the, yeah, the right kitchen. is the kitchen, but then like behind the kitchen is that little outside patio area, right? And with the like the laundry room and yeah. the cool thing. And they have a scene in there, and in order to do that, you have to like that cannot you cannot practically shoot that because the front of that where the camera would be is like the side. 
So, like, that has to be, physically, on the soundstage, has to be a separate set that is, like, over and next to where the kitchen is, probably, or somewhere. But within the reality of the show, you're kind of getting a 360, like, you're getting a whole feel... Uh, because you're going over to this off area, which is a different part. It's so interesting. And rarely you see them in their bedroom. Yeah. Which is like right off of that. It's, I feel so creepy that it's like I know so much about their home and I haven't watched this show in so, so <laughs> long. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing. Yeah. Like how I can remember what my house when I, you know, the first 10 years of my life, I still can like map out that entire house because, you know, I lived there for 10 years. It's still like the same of like... The, uh, the home improvement house, you know, like, oh, I know yeah. that. Like, the full house, the full house house, I have down. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <sighs> it's so weird, but it's funny too because those like scenes that are in the laundry room slash back patio, whatever, yeah. they never feel the same, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They feel like they're in part because the space is kind of squished. I don't know why I always think of when I think about that back area too is Dan arguing with all of the boyfriends. Mm, yeah. that all of the girls ever had that's where he would yell oh, he would go to like yell cut? at boyfriends <laughs> gotta be a super cut of all that uh, well, let's move on to the trivia portion I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So ratings for the season. Uh, I don't have specific episode rankings because again, very hard to find. I found the, the place where I get my rankings and Nielsen ratings from starts in the fall of 89. Mm-hmm. It's the spring of 89, so I was out of luck. Mm. But season one of Roseanne, on average, was watched by 23.8 million viewers. Not bad. So that's a lot of people. That's like at least three New Yorks. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in New York three times over. Uh, so for the season, so Roseanne season one, it debuted at number two. It wow. was the number two most watched show its year. So the top five of the eighty of the eighty eighty nine season, number five, sixty minutes, ratings juggernaut. Wow. <laughs> Four, Cheers. Right. Three, A Different World. Love two, it. Two, Roseanne. One, The Cosby Show. That all that seems totally right of the times. Yeah. Six was Golden Girls, which I didn't put on here, but yeah. Very diverse top six. You know, I I would love to know. I feel like every mom loved Roseanne. And I feel like, I wonder if it was just like a bunch of housewives just being like, we watch TV mofos. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. Because it's finally, Roseanne is like showing that, showing their life. Well, I mean, if you think about it, there's not, none of those shows. The Golden Girls, I mean, was one of the few female oh, yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, ladies, yeah shows and this is one of the o- this is like the only show i can really think of that is a family show that's not about the dad yeah that's like it is about her uh i remember when i was a kid because we didn't watch roseanne but we watched home improvement which yep. kind of like came on the wake of this it has the same a lot of the same aesthetic i remember my mom and her like you know lady mom friends mm-hmm. i remember them talking about how much they loved jill on home improvement mm-hmm. because like her weight like went up and down a little bit she always wore like weird sweaters had big hair like <laughs> and she was also like a no nonsense like she yeah. also had really great lines patricia richardson is really good at nailing one liners oh like, yeah take her husband down a peg and well, I remember like, they related to her, and that's where I learned, like, oh, that's really cool. Well, I think, too, there's so many mom characters that are just like, I'm hot wife. Yeah, now it and is. And she was so... like, nah, I'm a no. mom. I run this household. Like, that was also the other thing that was really clear, is, like, 
they both run their households. Yeah. Like the the dad might be the the dad, but they're in charge. Yeah. Matriarchy all yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, that's what's so good. <laughs> the 90s were good. Uh, um, so this episode on IMDb, 147 users rated this an 8.1. Is that good? Out of 10. So in terms of all of television, I don't know, or just Roseanne, would you, does 8.1 feel high or it's, low or on the money to you? I mean, that's like a solid B, right? Yeah. yeah, a, yeah. That's a good B. I would yeah. say it's a solid B. Yeah. I laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much my nostalgia affected it. It's got to, yeah, you got to count it. In. Nostalgia, it's an A+. plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's an A++. Plus plus. <laughs> yeah, I think an 8.1 is, it seems solid on the money. It's not the yeah. best episode of Roseanne, but it's like, it's a good episode. I don't know if it's a solid representation of what Roseanne is, because I don't think there are dead bodies. No, it's not it. a pilot. <laughs> it's not a pilot. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think we would have seen a lot more of Jackie and the kids. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and also, it's like pretty dark. Mm-hmm. It's like a dark comedy yeah. episode, and they're usually, I mean, there's plenty of real life stuff that happens on Roseanne, and that was what was so great about it, mm-hmm. is the situation situational comedy really came from, like, yeah, sometimes you have, have a fight with your kid, or, like, you know, you gotta do something you don't yeah. want to do at the store, or whatever it is. But... Worry about bills, worry about, you know, uh, dating, life, getting a puberty, like, all sorts oh, of, all that so stuff. much stuff. I really need to do a whole Roseanne rewatch. Yeah. I watched a Christmas episode from the last season. And I was like, oh, I now see why the last season is weird. Because <laughs> it's like they... Why is it weird? Well, you know, well, you know in Friends when Joey uh, becomes a soap opera and he like buys all that weird furniture and like oh, yeah. fills their apartment with like ceramic dogs and stuff. <laughs> so they do that same thing with Roseanne's house. So it's the same house, but they just like restyle it with just all like ritzy person furniture. Well, like, 1998 Ritz person furniture. Right, so right. it's like, it just looks real weird. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who would you say, oh, um, also trivia, more, a piece of trivia, writer Bill Pentland wanted to name the episode Life and Stuff. Roseanne insisted he change it to Death and Stuff. That seems, seems more on the nose. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Life and Stuff describes what this episode is. No, it's, it's not, super about death. It's all about death. There is hardly any life in it. And there's not even really many life lessons. Because you could see, like, oh, mm. maybe it's, like, life life lessons and stuff. No, no not really. It's definitely it's also, death. it's just, like, a study in, like, how does everybody deal with death and yeah. look at death? And also, how do we? How does life just continue when there's death? It just yeah. kind of does. You still got to do your projects. Still got to fix the refrigerator before all the meat spoils. I mean, and also, what a great, like, on-the-nose metaphor. It's like, I have this refrigerator break broken, and it's full of this meat, and I hope it doesn't go bad. It's kind of like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Darling even asks, like, when does he start decomposing? Yeah. <laughs> God. Who would you say had the must-see performance? Uh, the, in this episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Darlene. Ooh, because I just I w- watching her, I was just like, what a great kid actor! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like she's yeah. really little. She's got a banging scrunchie. Oh yeah, and she and she's just like she's such a major plot point in that whole episode. And I just think she's such a badass, like, little kid actor. Yeah, because she's got to hold her own with Roseanne, who yeah. was, like, a touring, big-deal stand-up comic. And then John Goodman, who... He was an improviser, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he's, like, a trained comedian. And she gets... I mean, of all... The, if you're writing a Roseanne script, you're going to give Roseanne and Dan all the one-liners. Darlene's third. Darlene's yeah. probably, like, second in some episodes. Maybe oh, even yeah. first. Like, and she, as a 11, 12-year-old, has to nail them. And she does. That's just... Outstanding. And it gives us one of the lines that's in, like, every promo for Roseanne that I saw growing up, which is when the cop says something, and she's like, you think she's going to listen to you just because you got a gun? (laughs) Which I'm like, oh my god, that's such a, like, a classic one-liner for Roseanne. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to give my uh, MSP to Dan, because I think uh, John Goodman, great physical comedy. Yep. Really good, like, getting the heebie-jeebies, really playing against, playing against type, because he could have been, like, a macho manly man, but he does a really cool, like, macho version of fear. Oh, totally. Where macho he's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. The way he, like, does salad tongs, the way it smacks him in the ass and he gets up, it's really great. Um, must other people see this episode? Um, I would recommend, I mean, I'm gonna just blanket recommend Roseanne, <laughs> yeah. because 
I forgot what a gem of a show this is. It's so delightful. Now streaming on Amazon Prime if you are fine with cropping. If you want to pay for it, $1.99 an episode, you can get the original 4x3 versions. Well, there you go. That's how they get you. So, yeah. You have to pay $2 to see that extra, like, quarter of the show. If you want to see the body laying on the ground. I might do that just to do a side-by-side comparison for for, for the Twitter. Uh, yeah, I would say other people should see this episode. It was really fun. I think there are definitely better episodes of Roseanne. Uh, watch a Halloween episode. Yeah, I want oh. see, I really want to go back and watch the first couple seasons, because I was really too little to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think of, like, the teenage years, especially with the girls having a lot of, like, emotional growth and strife. Yeah. I feel like I was going through that kind of with my parents as they were going through it as a little bit older than me. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. Be good yeah. to go back. I mean, there's there's the episode where like Darlene and Roseanne's dad dies, and he was an abusive father, and they that's both have right. to like, deal with that. Like that's in a sitcom. That's also still funny while it does that. Like that's remarkable. Oh God, there's so much stuff. <laughs> I think too. I had like I had known all of these people in high school. They got married right after school, which no judgment, but that's like a pretty intense thing to enter into. And as Becky is like running away with her boyfriend, yeah, I'm watching. Her parents, like, deal with the fact of, like, we're not ready for you to do this, and you're not ready for you to do this. And, like, watching also all of my friends have those kind, starting to have those kinds of conversations with their parents as they start dating. Like, I don't know. It's such a good show. Yeah. Always relevant. I don't know. Are you guys younger? Is this, like, different for you now? (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) I would love to know. I would love to see, like, Millennial watches Roseanne for the first time. Oh, yeah. I guess it'd be, like, Generation Z or whatever. Yeah, I think even Millennials are too old, right? Like, the Millennial span is way too long to be accurate. I I have more in common with someone born in 1974 than I do with someone born in 1994. That's mostly your proclivities for television. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't grow up with the internet. Uh, Speaking of the internet, (laughs) where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you about Roseanne? What a nice segue. Yes, it came about naturally. Uh, Well, you can watch with the Big Marvel Show and the Marvel Minute at marvel.com every week. Uh, or on the Marvel YouTube. And you can also follow me at Lorraine Sink uh, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Facebook. You can follow me, follow my page, like Lorraine, like all that stuff. Just Google my name. And talk about Roseanne. Yeah. Especially if you were under the age of 23 and are watching it for the first time. Oh my God. Please go watch this episode and then let us know what you think. Yes. I really vitally need to know. Put the bat signal out for like, if you're under 23, watch this episode and please tell us about it. It's like when children, when they have children listen to like old music yeah, those, and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I need that for television. I just need them to be like, so these people are all friends? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so people used to like walk and knock on doors and then try to sell you things? That was another thing. Why don't they have an Etsy store? <laughs> like, why don't they have... My whole, my brain the whole time when the sister comes home and Jackie's home and with the kids. And I was like, this is a text. This could have been fixed with text. Yeah, like, text would have just knocked it all out. Yeah, like so many problems. Sitcoms, I think, are a little bit poorer for not, for having cell phones. Yeah, they ruined, they, like Seinfeld. They were rewatching Seinfeld. They ruined, they were ruined Seinfeld. So many of that stuff is just like, so many plot points are always, oh, I yeah. gotta be home to get this call. Or the answer machine messed up or something. <laughs> I know, it's oh. such a weird world. Oh, remember when you had, wanted to meet your friend at the mall and you had to just be there yeah. on time? Glory days. Aww. Don't let them pass you. <laughs> Glory days. Hashtag, we so old. Hooray, thank you so much. <laughs> and that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. But before I go, I'm going to turn myself over to some viewer mail. Yes, the viewer mail is my warden, and now I am in mail jail. This is mail jail. I guess I just named this segment that was very stupid. Oh, please give me better ideas for what to name this section. But yes, I do have a question from at Papa Deech on Twitter, who tweeted at me and asked, Do you have any thoughts on that 70s show? I'm a big fan, but it doesn't fit in your show's parameters. Newsflash! It actually does. Yeah, the first uh, 36 episodes of that 70s show aired in uh, the 20th century. So I could potentially talk about any of the first 36 episodes of that 70s show. 
I will probably do the Star Wars episode at some point because that is what I care about most is Star Wars. But I loved that 70s show uh, when I was in, I guess that was like eighth grade when it came out. Uh, there was a big buzz around it because it was about marijuana. There were those uh, pot smoking, passing the joint scenes, uh, one shot scenes that I remember caused parents to get into a tizzy didn't get me into a tizzy um i watched it and i watched probably the first three years or so so i knew about mila kunis and ashton kutcher before anyone else did Uh, i thought fez was hilarious when i was in middle school um i liked the way he said whore a lot uh that's probably problematic in a number of ways now that it is 2017 and i'm an adult and i think about things way too much and way too often Um, But I will also say that that 70s show is the first time that I realized that can laughter is a thing because they the audience would just respond at a 10 no matter what for every joke for every line that was said it was always so aggressively loud. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I actually don't know if they shot in front of a live audience so it's possible that was a real reaction that they just sweetened in post but I do remember thinking. I smell something fishy about this. And I definitely bailed on the show. Oh, man. Once they started losing cast members and everyone started getting super famous. So, yeah, maybe at some point we will do that 70s show. If you guys have more questions about 20th Century TV, specific, general, anything, please send me an email at musthaveseentv at gmail.com. That's musthaveseentv at gmail.com. So yeah, thanks again to my guest Lorraine Sink for dropping by and talking about Roseanne with me this week. Next week on the show, I will be discussing the Monsters episode, Herman the Rookie. Herman the Rookie is in season one. It is episode 29. You can watch that Monsters episode on Hulu, Amazon, or iTunes. Until then, you can follow this podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what you've heard, I beg you to please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. I will read your review on the show if it's a good one. If it's a bad one, maybe I'll fight you on the show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. You can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to all of y'all for listening, and I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.